Hello everybody and welcome back to Countdown to Infinity. This is episode 11. Today we are talking about Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, I am James. I am one of your Countdownsmen's and I am joined by Matt. Matt, how's it going? I'm good. Thanks. I guess I am also one of the Countdownsmen's. Yeah. I mean, I'm more or less basically just stealing this intro from uh, Marshall at Limited Resources who like he he is a limited resource and Luis is a limited resource or something like that. Mm. I basically just stole it and just made up a word so that it would sound cool. Mission accomplished. It, oh, okay, good. I wasn't sure if it sounded cool or yeah, not. Yeah, no, I'm, I'll I'll give that to you. Mission accomplished. Uh, all right, fantastic. Um hey, we're here today. It is the 11th episode. Man, that's insane! By the way, uh-huh. uh, a lot of more movies come out came out, and this movie isn't. This movie's only three years old. Yep, I I watched it last night, and I was like, man, I remember this movie five years ago. Oh, God, it came out in twenty fifteen. Uh huh. There has been a lot of movies since then and now. Yeah, uh, I ain't complaining though. Uh, oh man, I don't even know where to start with this one. Um, what well, do we normally do here? Well, normally we talk about a variety of things, like who's in it, and uh, who directed it, and what box office take was, and things like that. Um, But since you're dropping the ball, why don't I kick us off here? So, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, um, as you may recall, Phase 2 doesn't actually end with an Avengers movie. We still have one additional Phase 2 film left to go in Ant-Man next week, but uh, this is the, the, the climactic battle of the second phase so to speak so this of course was directed by joss whedon and it is once again an extremely joss whedon film um it stars all your favorite stars uh we got robert downey jr chris hemsworth mark ruffalo chris evans scarlett johansson jeremy renner don Cheadle, aaron taylor johnson and elizabeth olsen both new additions to uh the the mcu with this film uh we've got paul bettany who uh actually has a part beyond just being a disembodied voice in this one uh colby smulders anthony mackie Haley atwell idris elba stellan skarsgård james spader as the titular ultron and samuel l jackson is back as well spoilers oh my god spoilers. yeah spoilers um, so, uh, this movie was made on a budget of, uh, $316 million gross, $267.4 million net, and it, box, its box office that, take was astronomical. That is an obscene ref- refund, by the way. It is, or isn't tax it? credit, or whatever they want to call it. Yeah, that's a $50 million tax credit? That's ridiculous. Okay. So $49 whatever, million dollar tax credit. Cool. Hollywood's cool. Yep. But, uh, m- even more obscene... This movie made $1.405 billion with a B as its box office take. I make that in the weekend. I don't think you do, unless your name is Jeff Bezos. Hey, my de- my name is Jeff Bezos. And it's Bezos, not <laughs> oh, Bezos. Well, okay, fine. Now I'm going to get letters about that. Thanks, James. Well, no, because I literally just corrected you. <laughs> you so corrected you should me be fine. Air. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, so, yeah. What else we got? I, um, I was reading... Uh, a little bit into this one uh, the other day. Um, Joss Whedon uh, wasn't initially um, necessarily set to direct this. Oh, I like didn't he know w- that. 
Well, so when he did, um, uh, when he did Iron, when he did the first Avengers movie, um, he had the uh, Whedon had the op- option to return. Ah, um, so it, it wasn't like he signed on for a two movie two movie deal. Um, he didn't sign on um, for any more or any less. It was just this with an option to return. Um, I would assume due to the unbelievable success of the first Avengers movie. Um, but the way Hollywood works, I'm sure he probably had that guarantee to come back or the option to come back even before it, it hit theaters. Probably. Um, but I, I thought it was very interesting uh, to read that uh, in 2012, he had stated that he would want the sequel to be smaller, more personal and more painful by being the next thing that should have uh, should happen to these characters and not just a rehash of what seemed to work for the first time hmm. by having a theme that is completely fresh and organic to itself. Which I think, okay, so I think he almost nailed all of those in various ways. So um, it, mo- most, it is not smaller. It's not smaller. It's definitely not smaller. But it I, is, I think it, it is, is definitely more personal. It is 100% more personal. It is 100% more painful. And not just um, to the characters, but also to Joss Whedon. This is the yeah. movie we, that, <laughs> that has come to be known as the film that broke Joss Whedon. Um, ultimately, sort of leading to his retreat from Twitter um, and his, his essential retirement from the MCU. Uh, he has gone on record saying that making this movie nearly killed him. Um yeah, this this was not a not necessarily a happy experience for Joss Whedon, uh, along with the Avengers that are in the film. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, another fun Joss Whedon fact that I I think I'll just throw in here before I forget, uh, because I inevitably will. Uh, do you want to know why he named um, uh, Tony Stark's uh, later? Uh, AI as or, or not sorry not AI sorry I'm thinking of something completely different why he named uh, Hulkbuster uh, Veronica I don't know why uh, quote I just decided to call it Veronica because Bruce Banner used to be in love with a girl named Betty and Veronica is the opposite of that oh that's cute yeah isn't that I love that yeah that's really good actually i legitimately love that it's just such a great little reference yeah oh i read that and i was like i need to absolutely 100 percent make sure i mention that in the podcast so there it is within 10 minutes i figured i'd get that out because if not i would have completely forgot yeah no that's really good thank you for for bringing that up that's that's a cute little fact i like it a lot and i did all right matt did do you like this movie i do like this movie yeah i I definitely uh, I like this movie even more now than I did before, uh, mm. having just now rewatched it for the podcast. Uh, I really, really like this movie a lot, uh, and I am excited to get into that even more. But first, uh, how about you give us your uh, trademark, <laughs> your your the reason why people listen to this podcast? Is that why people listen to this podcast? Oh, jeez, they should get a refund. I, I don't I don't know, but either way, I'm uh, assuming it is. L- let us have it. What happens in this movie? Okay, so the movie opens with uh, the Avengers uh, in the form of uh, Iron Man, um, Captain America, Thor, uh, the Hulk, 
Black Widow, and Hawkeye, uh, all raiding a Hydra facility. Uh, we basically assume that in the intervening time between the last Avengers film and this one, that they've been, uh, you know, gallivanting about the world, wrecking Hydra bases and mopping up uh, loose ends since the the destruction of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, the Hydra facility that they are headed towards is uh, located in the Eastern European country of Sokovia and led by Baron Von Strucker, who we met in the uh, the tag scene at the end of Captain America the Winter Soldier, uh, along with uh, Loki's staff, which is what the Avengers are there for. He also has two test subjects that he's been uh, like manipulating with the power of the staff, uh, and who he has given powers. We've got uh, Pietro Maximoff, who is uh, otherwise known as Quicksilver, and Wanda Maximoff, who is otherwise known as the Scarlet Witch. And uh, they have they have powers. Quicksilver can run real fast, and the Scarlet Witch uh, has reality manipulating powers in the comic books. But is like in the comic or in the movie, they've sort of scaled her down to to like telekinesis and and the ability to read minds and project images into people's minds and things like that. But anyhow, uh, they they've shown up. So the Avengers raid this base. They make most of Hydra look like a bunch of chumps. Uh, they bust into the base, they find the, the scepter, and uh, along the way, uh, Hawkeye gets shot and uh, takes himself and Thor and Black Widow out of the fight as they sort of evac him to the, the Quinjet, and uh, Iron Man goes in to the, the base al- more or less alone to get the scepter. Um, Captain America faces off with Baron Strucker, takes him into custody. Iron Man gets the staff and has a mental image projected into his mind of all the Avengers dead before him, and Steve briefly comes to before finally passing away with just enough time to say, You could have saved us. Why didn't you do more? And then he dies. Uh, shield's broken in half and the whole bit. So this, of course, rattles Tony quite a bit. And uh, they all get back to uh, Avengers Tower. Uh, Stark and Banner uh, head off to uh, play around with the staff and figure out what it is and what it does. And uh, they've got three days with it until until the going away party for Thor, um, at which point he's going to take the staff and head on back to Asgard. So they spend their time fiddling around with it. They discover that inside it is uh, something resembling a computer processor. It's this little yellow stone that seems to be real powerful. And and they figure that Strucker was uh, trying to figure out how artificial intelligence works. So they decide to dive down that rabbit hole. And they run a bunch of simulations, but they can't really seem to make anything work. So they leave it running on automatic and go off to the party with everyone else. Uh, little do they know, basically the moment they walk into the room, it works, and uh, a new artificial intelligence is born in the form of Ultron. Uh, Ultron being Tony Stark's idea for this uh, like global defense system, artificially intelligent global defense system. Uh, and he thinks it will bring them peace in their time. So they go off, have their party. Meanwhile, uh, Ultron wakes up, appears to be malfunctioning, and is maybe a little malevolent. Um, Ultron basically kills Jarvis and, uh, proceeds to manufacture himself a body out of the disregarded, or uh, the sort of, like, 
broken remnants of uh of tony's like autonomous uh legion suits um so the iron legion that's right he builds himself uh, pieces of the iron legion so he uh he then crashes the party uh basically tells the avengers that the reason the world is as unpeaceful as it is is because the avengers exist and that the only way to save the world is to force humanity to give up their violent ways and to destroy the avengers so he attacks the avengers uh they all get you know beaten up avengers tower gets wrecked pretty bad they do finally manage to stop him but not before he gets into the internet and goes and finds himself a whole bunch more bodies back in sokovia in the lab that strucker had been working in are you with me so far so anyhow um taking a minute to breathe here remember where i'm at so i'm trying to remember what the connecting point is here because i don't remember um which like which is the the connecting point that gets them to the tankers because ultron like ultron goes to uh meet up with ulysses claw um along with the pietros uh in order to get the vibranium to build himself a new body that much yes. I remember. I don't remember why the Avengers are there. Uh, well, the Avengers go there. Um, oh, God. Yeah, that's a good. Well, I'm, I, so here's the thing that I actually thought I, or while watching last night, I was struck by was they straight up. I love how he mispronounces Wakanda. First yes. Off, yes. Uh, while looking at, about it on the computer. But yeah, I can't actually recall exactly why. Um, I think basically. It, wasn't it? Ba- it wasn't essentially just uh, where is Ultron, Ultron going to go? Like that's who's right. he going to that's seek right. out? So it was, and then and Tony's like, I know this guy. Steve gives him that little, sh- you know, that look, being like, whoa, 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 whoa. He was just at parties. Like I didn't sell him anything. Blah blah blah. Right, because um, you know it, we run in weapon circles. Because yes, that's right. Because they got all their files wiped, and they were looking for a connection. Um, I still don't remember what the specific thing that tweaked them to it was like why they knew he would be after vibranium um but uh anyhow it doesn't matter at this point at this level um but they they're going through the old shield like hard copy shield files and yeah tony says hey i i know this guy he might know something um he's an arms dealer his name is ulysses claw he he you know lives in a tanker it off the coast of africa so they go off to find him as well. They all meet. There's another fight in the tanker. In the tanker, uh, basically all of the Avengers, with the exception of Hawkeye, are mind-controlled. Uh, That's a good little nod, by the way. Yes, it is. It's great. I love that yeah. bit. Um, so we've got Thor gets a vision of the destruction of Asgard, and uh, Heimdall accuses him of being responsible for it. Uh Natasha gets a vision of her time in the Red Room and uh, what she endured in order to become Black Widow. Um, Captain America gets a vision of um, Peggy and, like, she tells him that the war is over and he can go home and then suddenly the whole, like, welcome home party is empty and he's all alone. Um, We don't know what, what Bruce Banner sees, uh, we just know that when he does, it turns him into the Hulk and he runs off to attack a city. 
Um, I always just assumed. Um, I just always assumed that he didn't necessarily really see anything. Um, they just made him least, mad. I think they just made him mad, or just sort of like blind with rage. Yeah. Um, because it, it's like it's an unrestrained uh, it's, Hulk it's out. Just, yeah, it's just an unrestrained Hulk out. Um, you've never really got a sense of anything that would set him off like that in the. Well, I mean, obviously there are things that would set him off like that that are from his past, um, but clearly nothing, I think, to the levels that the other Avengers uh, are dealing with there. Um, and, I mean, just going by, you know, this is Hulk's last appearance before he returns in the most recent Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok, and, I mean, just by by seeing that film, we didn't really get a glimpse of anything there either right like yeah. there was nothing nothing to answer that question so i just assumed it was just like you know hulk smash but just do it in the city yeah i mean right we do know that whatever it was it was enough to scare him back out it like into fearing the hulk again um which i mean like it doesn't matter what he saw it was just like he got hulked out and turned towards a city where he attacked uh civilians and then he yeah. gets like gun shy I mean, about turning into the Hulk again. Sure, um, but I which, mean that's, like, that's follows him through the remainder of his arc into Thor Ragnarok. I mean that's that's always been with the Hulk though, right? Well, like, yeah, he's always. I mean, you saw it in, uh, you know, at the very beginning scene where, uh, or not the beginning scene, but the scene where they're flying out um, after collecting the staff. Uh, Thor talks about how, you know, he should celebrate, you know, basically how he murdered a bunch of people. Yeah, the gates and of hell like, are... No! Are I like, didn't want to! He's just yeah. like, no, sorry, I just meant... You wounded know, cries? Wounded, and, wounded cries and bruised elbows and I, I don't yeah. remember exactly... Sprained ankles and gout, I think it was. Yeah, stuff um, like that. So, yeah. I mean, that's always his concern. That's always that's always Banner's thing is yeah that but i like it he, more so after this i think like yeah absolutely. at the end of the avengers he was like well i'm always angry i can turn it on and direct it and then yeah like at the beginning of this one he's like not crazy about what he does as the hulk but he's he's still in the place of like i can turn it on and direct it and we have a, a pressure valve to turn it off right yeah um and then he goes into a full-blown like unrestrained angry hulk um and then is like spooked to the point that he won't participate in the final fight until he's forced to Hulk out again, right? Yep. Like, and and that, and then he is ostensibly doesn't turn back into Banner until years later. Yeah. So, like, eh. <laughs> um, there's the there's some interesting character that develops out of this film. Um. Anyhow, so the attack the attack on the the tanker ships happen everybody gets their visions that shakes everybody on the team takes basically the whole team out of commission iron man however has been chasing ultron at this point and is not on site when all this happens um and so of course the hulk goes and attacks the city um and uh iron man is forced to respond so out comes veronica and we have just an fantastically great battle i love this fight it's a very um, good fight between the it's, hulk buster and the hulk it is it, it is actually i think probably the best set piece in the film i think so um i i like i really do enjoy the 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 first fight um and we'll talk more about the last fight uh a little later um but this is the this is the the fight for me in this movie it's it's 
it's just really 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 good oh yeah and yeah yeah yeah. we we can come back to it a little more later as well but yeah this fight is just phenomenal it's so good um so that all happens uh this leads to uh you know in the first fight at the beginning in sokovia uh we saw some indication that civilians and people around the world aren't so crazy about the avengers when the iron legion shows up and tells people you know we're here to help please back away they're like throwing acid at them and throwing rocks and telling like shouting avengers go home um and so when the attack of the hulk happens uh people get real upset um they do manage to stop the hulk and everybody uh retreats back into the quinjet um uh maria hill suggests that the you know like the world security council and the un are talking about potentially putting out a warrant for the arrest of bruce banner um and uh yeah they they basically are are not very popular so they retreat they they go to a safe house and it turns out that the safe house is hawkeye's family's home and uh we get a neat little minute of uh of just character development between a bunch of like for a bunch of the different characters as we take a little bit of time to breathe at the farmhouse uh Bruce and Natasha have a chance to sort of talk about the the romance that's sort of starting up between them and uh Thor decides that he can't wait around and he goes and takes off on a vision quest basically um Cap is just sort of like festering with anger over the fact that Tony has not just endangered the team but also endangered the world um and uh, he and Tony sort of have it out verbally. Uh, and then we get, you know, a bunch of background on Hawkeye and, and the, like the humanizing element of Hawkeye and the team. Um, and uh, this all ends when it turns out that Nick Fury's there and he, he shows up and is like, listen, you guys, you need to, to put an end to this. You, you, you know, I put you guys together for a reason. Ultron is, is one of those reasons. Go out there, pick yourselves up and do something about it. So they rally and they they start figuring out what they need to do. Nick Fury goes off and says, no, I'm going to go do something big, I think. Hopefully something dramatic. So they figure out what Ultron is doing. Um, turns Earlier in the movie, when, uh, when Hawkeye got shot, uh, they brought in one of the world's foremost uh, like plastic surgeons, doctors of some kind, who has this device that can be used to actually build tissue and uh yeah her name is helen cho she's from seoul so they realize that ultron is continually trying to develop human bodies like humanoid bodies and constantly evolving himself into the like ultimate form so they they come to the conclusion that now that he's got all this vibranium um he's going to take advantage of dr cho's cradle and build himself a new sort of ultimate form body so they head off to Seoul to stop Ultron from uploading himself into this body that he's creating. And uh, there is another big fight scene that takes place in Seoul, uh, which has my favorite shot in the whole movie in it. Uh, that shot being the back of the semi-truck just, like, taking off with rockets and flying out of the city. That shot is so good. I love it. It's so goofy, just the back of this truck flying out of the out of the ramp um so anyhow uh they do this uh upon the development of this body 
Wanda uses her telep or her mind reading powers to to sort of like read the body uh, and the consciousness of of Ultron that's being implanted into it, and she realizes that that Ultron is basically planning to exterminate all all life on Earth, and uh, and so she she turns on Ultron, and uh, with you know w- with Wanda comes Pietro, so uh, they. The, the twins basically both turn on him and uh, help the Avengers save a bunch of people in Seoul as uh, as Ultron again makes off, but the Avengers manage to capture the cradle. So they bring the cradle back to Avengers Tower and uh, at the at the behest of Dr. Cho, who says that the, the, like the only person who will know what to do with it is Tony. Uh, so they bring it back to Avengers Tower. Tony starts uh, uh, working on it. Um, and comes to, has come to realize at this point that Jarvis wasn't destroyed earlier in the film, but in fact was just broken down to his base routines. But he managed to upload himself to the internet and has been just working nonstop on like on automatic pilot to stop Ultron from gaining access to the world's nuclear or the, to America's nuclear arsenal. Um, and so he he downloads Jarvis, basically repairs him, and imprints Jarvis into Ultron's body because Tony only knows how to save the day by doubling down on his own mistakes and uh, creates this new being. Um, But just before he can, uh, Captain America shows up and and basically accuses Tony of doing exactly what, what I just said he did. It's like, you know, you just built a monster that's about to destroy us all, and now you're trying to build another monster. What's wrong with you, Tony? Um, the Maximov twins show up, and uh, and Quicksilver ends up just using his super speed to unplug the cradle and stop it for all from happening. And then Thor shows up, having completed his vision quest, and uses his powers of thunder to strike life into this being, because as it turns out, his vision, from the vision quest he's been on, um, told him that Tony would create a being that they would need the help of in order to stop Ultron. So uh, he shows up, he lights Ultron up, or sorry, he lights the vision up, vision comes to life, uh, and after a brief little fracas, um, vision realizes, wait, no, I'm actually, like, I'm a good guy, we're on the same side. We need to stop Ultron, uh, and and so he joins the Avengers on their their ultimate quest to put an end to Ultron. So, what is Ultron doing with all the extra vibranium that he had? Uh, well, he's been basically building this giant rocket machine under Sokovia uh, that will lift a city into the sky and then drop it back to Earth. Uh, like a comet to wipe out all life and uh, so they they head off to Sokovia where Ultron has uh, has has set his plan in action Um, they start fighting all of the various Ultron bots with all of the Avengers in tow the city starts to lift into the sky Nick Fury shows up with a helicarrier shield or what's left of it rescues all the civilians on Sokovia as uh, just as things are starting to come apart uh, one of the Ultron bots manages to activate the the comet drop of the the like 
the vibranium device. Uh, Quicksilver dies, saving Hawkeye and a child. Um, and and you know, this is a this is a, a rough fight for the team, basically. Um, but they do ultimately manage to kill all of the the Ultron drones. Uh, they manage to get all the civilians off. Uh, most of them are pretty sure they're going to die, but you know, just by being a team and getting each other's backs, they manage to m- pretty much all get off uh, Sokovia intact, um, with the exception of Quicksilver, of course. Uh, Hawkeye is, you know, pretty worn out by the end of it. Um, the the Hulk ends up on a Quinjet alone after like chasing the last Ultron bot and he knocks the Ultron bot into the forest basically um Vision ultimately catches up with that last Ultron bot and they have a conversation about how how humanity is doomed but they're beautiful because they try um and uh and Vision puts an end to Ultron and uh the Hulk disappears um what am I missing I've got most of it at this point. Uh, they save the day. They, the city breaks up in the sky. Um, it doesn't end all life on Earth. And uh, then they, you know, they, they establish a new Avengers base in upstate New York. Um, and uh, a new Avengers team forms. Tony decides to retire from the Avengers. Um, and uh, Barton also, like Hawkeye, also basically retires from the Avengers and heads home. And uh, the, the two remaining Avengers of Steve and Natasha uh, begin to train the next, the new team of uh, Rhodey, Vision, uh, Falcon, and Scarlet Witch. And, uh, and that is basically how the movie comes to an end. My God. There's a lot going on in this movie. This movie yes. is dense. This movie so... is, is really, really, really dense with stuff. Yeah, so I mean that was I think that is generally considered to be its biggest flaw. Um I think uh a lot of people overall I think this movie is it like uh, look, people love these movies. Yes. We love these movies. It's why we make a podcast. Um there there is arguably no really bad movie uh in the MCU. However, this is absolutely one of the ones that I think catches a, a decent amount of flack. Uh, and one of the biggest arguments for that, uh, which is funny considering it goes against uh, what Mr. Joss Whedon said himself in 2012 when he stated <laughs> that he would want this sequel to be smaller. Um, well, yeah, it's the opposite it is, of that. It's not. It is significantly larger in scope. Um, not only do you have more characters to juggle, yep. um, you, you are just trying to fit so much more story, uh, and, and you're, you're trying to give every single character, uh, his or her moment to shine, uh, and not, oh, I, not just moment to shine. They like, they give every character, they essentially give every character in this movie an arc, um, like yep, where the where the first fair. Avengers movie treated the team as the main character. I actually I think this one does too in terms of like the primary the primary character of what's going on in this movie is the Avengers and not the individuals within. Um yes. the individuals within all get 
character development as like independent characters and like significant character development. Um, the like it, it's beyond just a moment to shine. It's like characters I, in this movie do a lot and have a lot happen to them as individual I, characters beyond just as they're the way they fit in the so, team. So I, I don't think that's true for everyone. Um, I, I think there is definitely like, I, I think it would be foolish to say that they're all on the level playing field when it came to the character development or time that we got to spend with them in this movie. Um, I do believe that there are people who, who moved, I guess, moved the needle forward more so in terms of character development, which by which I mean, so Iron Man, Tony Stark, absolutely. Right. Yep. I, I think I think uh probably almost beyond anyone else, um, we saw just a tremendous amount of things happening in that man's mind. Um, like he was dealing with a lot of really heavy stuff, and this is stuff that we've seen before, right? Like this is this is the Tony Stark that we have come to know come to know in the previous three Iron Man movies and the first Avengers. Uh, and it's the Tony Stark that we will continue to see into Civil War, Spider-Man, and I'm sure when Avengers comes out in a few months. Um, I don't think the same can be said for Thor, for instance. No, I think you're right. Um, um, but then, but then, Clint, Hawkeye, arguably, actually, pro- possibly one of my favorite characters in this movie. Yeah, I think um, so. Uh, I think he gets. I think the minute you you get him into that home setting, uh, you just see this completely different side of him, which is f- fantastic. Um, I think he has uh, the strongest uh, rousing speech monologue uh, <laughs> that he that he delivers at the final fight to Wanda. Um, I'm just was really impressed. I just I honestly just didn't remember. Uh, that he got as much to do in this movie as he actually did. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so like, one of the things with this movie is there there is a, a recurring motif among the various characters on the Avengers, um, where the major characters in this movie each have a moment in the film where they refer to themselves as monsters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, Cap sort of does it jokingly to Maria Hill, where he's like, oh yeah, what kind of monster would subject themselves to experimentation to protect their country? Um, and, uh, and oh man, uh, Tony says it to Bruce when he's like, um, we're mad scientists, man, we're monsters, you gotta embrace that. Um, yeah. Natasha has that moment when she's talking to Bruce in the at the farmhouse, um, where she's talking about her past at the Red Room and, and how she was essentially made into this assassin. Um, and, and you know, the, the, the core of that scene is, is where she talks about how the graduation ceremony from the Red Room is to sterilize uh, female agents so that they can, you know, use their sexuality um, as a weapon without having to uh, worry about the emotional attachments of motherhood. Um, and, you know, that's obviously something that, that, upset her character um, because she dwells on it quite a bit during the film um but she you know the the core of that monologue being that you know she's essentially given up emotional attachment and 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 
the ability to have a child and so on so that she is more a more easily and uh more uh free to just end life basically and and so she's like do you do you really think you're the only monster here when talking to bruce um and like the one avenger character that i can think of just off the top of my head that doesn't have that moment is hawkeye and the whole reason for that is that hawkeye is the human he's the humanizing character on the avenger he is on the avengers he is the one that is not this like he's a dude with a bow i mean on a flying city and nothing makes sense and yeah, like, well, I mean, his his wife says the same thing yeah. to him ba- by basically looking out the window and talking about how, you know, he has, he has found himself in the company of literal gods. Yeah, and he's and like, you well, are just a mere, mere mortal. Yeah, and he's like, well, you, what, you don't think they need me? And she's like, no, I think they do, and that's scarier. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and he, like, he, like that, oh, go ahead. that, that whole, um, like the human among monsters element of Hawkeye's character in this movie um, is really, really important to the film, like critically important to the film. And it's, you know, it's sort of apocrypha or what have you of this movie that um, when Whedon was making it, uh, he wanted to cut out Thor's vision quest sequence uh, to trim down the movie. And uh, the, the powers that be at Marvel basically put a gun to his head and said, no, you have to keep it. And he was like, well, no, it just pads out the time and doesn't, we don't need it to accomplish the story of the film. And they were like, if you take it out, we're taking the, the farmhouse scene. And, uh, he, he was like, the farmhouse scene is the emotional center of this movie. You can't have it. And they were like, well, put the vision quest in. So he did. And then he cut the vision quest down to the absolute minimum they would accept. Um, because the, like in the trailers and things, there are scenes from Thor's vision quest that didn't make it into the movie. Um, but yeah, like I, I feel like this movie just doesn't, at least on a thematic level, doesn't work without that section of the film. Um, no, absolutely. like it's, it's I... super important to the, yeah. the no, function absolutely. of this movie. And so, is um, Hawkeye. yeah, that's fair. So I, so would you agree that, because so I, I I texted you last night and I said there sure is a lot going on in this film, um, and you said that that's why you liked it. Yeah. Um, so I I really like the ambition of this movie, um, and I like the fact that it's dense. I like the fact that they basically go down the the like human and monsters motif. I like the fact that we get character development for every Avenger. Um, this movie is essentially about the destruction of the Avengers, right? Like, this is the Empire Strikes Back of the the, the Avengers trilogy, so to speak. This, is, this movie is about the team being sundered <laughs> by a force that overwhelms them. Um, and while they survive, they basically survive by sacrificing the Avengers um, to do so. Uh, we get the movement of Captain America from the, you know, like we get the culmination of his plotline basic uh, prior to civil war, uh, where he goes from at the very beginning of the Avengers movies, he's the, like the, the perfect boy scout ready to follow orders, ready to march into war at the, you know, the order of his superior. And then he sees shield corrupted by, uh, 
by Hydra, and he sees that um, these forces of authority using overreaches of power to control people. And then he sees Tony do it and just completely has his trust in everyone around him shaken. And that sets him up as he goes into civil war as this like, no, the only person I can trust to save the world is me. Um, And, and that like, he gets there through the events of this film. Um, I love the, the same in Tony, but he goes the opposite way. He starts the Avenger, like all the MCU as like the only person I can trust to save the world is me. Um, and by the point he, by the time he gets to this movie, he's so shaken by what he's gone through that he's like, we need to stop this. The, the fighting needs to end. Uh, there needs to be a protective suit around the, of armor around the world. Like I need to put an Iron Man suit on earth. Um, so that there is a, a force out there that is protecting us from interstellar threats um, that pre- prevents anyone from attacking us and uh, and allows us to just go about our daily lives. And so he, he, he's gone the other way. He wants, and at the beginning of Civil War, he wants a, a formal authority there to oversee the Avengers and make sure that they're not stepping beyond their reach and that they can be held accountable which he would never have done at the at the the outset of the mcu um i really like you know in for the lack of having betty come back i really like that we get to see bruce banner acting like a human being and and you know having a bit of a relationship with natasha i like that natasha is is reckoning with her past um, and you know, the, the thing she's done in her past and, and how she can be both sort of like a good and a bad guy at the same time, uh, or, you know, how she makes up for the sins of her past. Um, I love the amount of like Hawkeye we get in this movie just because as I've already said, it's great. Um, but there's so much like even, even Thor is like over the course of these movies, um, gone from like i'm ready to be king to uh, i just want to gallivant around the universe and and you know fight dudes and then like oh now i've got to mop up all of loki's messes and then by this point he's like oh geez i'm gonna be responsible for the death of asgard um like that sets him up for his plot line in his next movie um like this movie does so much and it delivers on so much of it like this is definitely not as precise or as efficient a movie as the first Avengers is, but like it, it does so much world building and so much character building and like 95% of it works. Like it, it does such a good job of everything it sets out to do. And it bit off so much that like it, this movie is an achievement by existing. Fair enough. Um, sorry. <coughs> no, I think those are all incredibly good points. Um, yeah, I, I still think that, um, just it's always going to be something that people fault this movie for and, and that's fine. Um, I, I definitely, um, fall in the camp of, I would prefer less, uh, you mentioned how it does a lot of world building. I would prefer less world building in my Avengers movies, personally, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I, I feel like 
there's enough space, enough things happening in between them uh, where the world building can happen that I would prefer to not see as much happen in uh, these Avengers films. That's fair. Um, I don't think it was, um, I don't think it was uh, over the top uh, with this one, but I think it, it was coming close. I am really, really hopeful um, for infinity war that this is literally just like, this is 18 movies worth of, storytelling coming to a point um where i'm i'm very optimistic that at least the the movie that we're getting this year um will do nothing nothing more than uh let all of those movies come to this point and and get us somewhere where the next uh few movies afterwards uh, makes sense and then we get to whatever the heck the movie that's coming out next year is called yep um and that can be what sets us up for the next decade yeah right? and I, I think that's what's gonna happen i mean like yeah this one is the middle point um whereas the next one is like not the end point but getting you know it's part essentially part one of the end point I, I think it's 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 definitely yeah it's part one of the endpoint and then we'll be looking at sort of like almost like a a soft reboot right I think we will get a lot of what we've already known and a lot of really cool new stuff yeah so and I, like uh, I'm anticipating that Infinity War will the world building that's going to exist in Infinity War is going to be there to contextualize Captain Marvel. Uh, because Captain Marvel is the the one new character being introduced in between Infinity War and Avengers Four, and I guess I I don't even know if they need to I, necessarily. I don't think uh, they can get away with it. I I think they are going to like I think they're going to drop a hint or something. Oh right? well, like, sure. Th- there will be a world building element that that leads to Captain Marvel, whether that's a big set piece or kept like i don't know that captain marvel is necessarily even going to show up in the film but in the same way that like ulysses claw was in this one where they're like by the way we're we're batting around the idea of black panther um sure i I think there's going to be some element to infinity war that does the same thing sure but we do know that captain marvel is taking place before anything for sure, it's happened in the MCU. So I there I would assume there's only so much they can do uh, to really uh, introduce that character. But yeah, I mean, it would be foolish for them to not. Yeah, basically. I, I mean, um, I'm I'm almost certain that whatever the stinger on the end of it is, like of the of the stingers, there's probably going to be a stinger for Avengers Four and a stinger for Captain Marvel, um, whatever those are. But uh, I, I think there's going to be some, like, world building element actually built into the film around how, like, you know, back in the 90s, we had somebody that went to space and never came back. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, something like that. Or, like, you know, I was a commanding officer of a you know, Air Force pilot hero back in the 90s who did this thing. Um, you know. Yep, that's fair. Um, do you feel... So another thing that... Um... I'm just sort of circling back to this this quote that I brought up at the very beginning of the show 
which was um, smaller, more personal, more painful. And we agree that it's not smaller, but it is more personal and more painful. Yes. Um, but then he essentially goes on to saying that he doesn't want it to just be a rehash of what seemed to work the first time. Do you think that maybe he he he's faltered there a little bit? Mm. That maybe this is, it's not exactly like the first one, but... When you look on it, when you look at the sort of the macro level of there's this, this, there's the bad guy who has a big army and I think, so this is, we, I, I mentioned earlier that my favorite set piece, my favorite fight scene is Iron Man versus, uh, the Hulk. Yes. Which is sort of this midway uh point of the movie um it's just a really incredible it's just a really incredibly fun fight um you can sort of uh get the there's this sort of uh sense of humor to it um it's almost like he's having fun with it even though you know he really shouldn't be um <laughs> which i kind of love um, come on you see, bruce you got to work with me yeah you get to see really neat tech uh, with Veronica and the fact that it's it's a freaking orbiting it's a satellite like <laughs> that's a that is obscene that it is a satellite. Um, it's super cool and it, though, and it comes down and it uh, it's just it's just a really great fight scene. Um, because for me the the final fight scene is probably um, it falls a little short for me um, because it feels so very New York. Um, yeah. it's, it is a big fight in a city, uh, with what seems like an unstoppable force of, you know, bad guys who are centrally controlled by one thing. Um, it's not quite to the same, like kill Ultron and then they all die because that's obviously that's the, the yeah, whole. Yeah, it's the opposite you know, of that. That it's the hook is that they have to literally kill every single one of these robots. Yeah, if they want to kill Ultron. Um, but I think when you I, I, so I when I look at it at that at that sort of macro level, uh, and not drill down to it. And in fairness, that's how the vast majority of moviegoers uh, view these films, and it is a reason why you know a lot of them will call this out for being more or less the same mm -hmm. as the original Avengers. Um, wh wh what do you got to say to that? So I, I kind of agree with you. Kind of agree with you. Um, like the, my, so my biggest disappointment in seeing the infinity war trailer was the giant army of Thanos's minions in Wakanda <laughs> Yeah. Where it's like, oh, they're fighting another army again. They can't they can't create a villain that is believably strong enough that it would take an entire team to fight just the villain, so we gotta throw another army at them. Um, yep. Which frustrated me a little bit. And uh, in rewatching this, I did think to myself, it's like, man, you know, I wish I wish they didn't have to fight an army every time. It's, it's actually one of the reasons why I really... It really drove it home while watching Avengers Age of Ultron how much I really enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy um, because you get down to that last scene and it is literally the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, yeah. the four, you know, the four four members of Guardians and the bad guy, 
And yeah. it's them versus him, and that was it. And it's so freaking good. Yeah, and it's, like actually, it's actually almost the reverse, because they literally throw an army of Nova Korsman at Ronan, and he yeah. beats them all. <laughs> yeah, like Ronan's army, they he a big deal is never made of the fact that Ronan has an army. The big deal is the fact that Ronan has a freaking in, infinity stone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Although they don't really fight him so much as just control the infinity stone and and vaporize sure, him but it's but it's like, still it's 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 them going head to head with him like they go even when even before they crash the ship and now we're just talking about guardians again, but <laughs> it's a really good movie um you know it's always just like we need to go after ronin we got to get ronin i just really like it yeah I think it's really good. yeah yeah um but all like that said uh on the like you know i wish they didn't have to fight an army again um that said i think on the like yeah, I I agree. There there are some things in this movie, particularly that element, that feel like oh, we're just doing adventures again. Um, but I think if you look at the movie as like the inverse of the Avengers, where it's like the Avengers was um, the team coming together, and it's like can the team form and save the world? Right, like that's the central question of mm-hmm. the Avengers. It's like will they be able to work together to stop this force? Um, whereas this one is like, will the, the question of this movie is like, will the Avengers be able to survive fighting this? It's like, they start the movie operating as a well-oiled unit and they end the movie having completely come apart at the seams. Um, and like to the extent that a couple of members go away and they have to form a new team in order to shore up their ranks and people are on each other's case and not trusting each other anymore like they as i said they sacrifice the avengers in order to save earth um as like they sacrifice what the avengers are in order to save earth and uh like it it is essentially the opposite of the avengers it's like avengers is building up and this one's tearing down um and to make that sort of thematic jump from one to the other a little bit of replication of scenario needs to happen in order for them to play off each other that well um but they like they didn't have to have another army in this one they just wanted to have you know ultron is a classic avengers villain um and uh, you know it when they said it's like age of ultron everybody lost their damn minds because that's exciting so uh but ultron's whole thing is as you said he has a distributed intelligence that lives in multiple bodies, so the army thing just sort of comes with him. That's fair. Uh, hey, let's talk about James Spader. He's so uh, good. Because he's really, really good in this movie. Um, I don't even really know what else... I, I just kind of wanted to acknowledge the fact that I think he's phenomenal in this one. Um, I've, I've, I'm a big fan of him as just an actor. Uh, I think he's great. Uh, and other than Ultron having weird, creepy human lips and I think <laughs> teeth maybe is weird. Uh, the actual look of Ultron super badass. Yeah. Like I, I love the way they justified it. His like face, because if you look closely at his face, his face is made up of little interconnected plates that all move mm-hmm. independently of one another. And so mm-hmm. he forms like lip movements with the movements of the plates on his face i just i like that they it wasn't just like 
robot lips. It was like his face actually moves around. Um, it It's just a cute little like, well, we have to find a way to make him emote. Yeah. Well, let's, no, let's just build his face so that the metal bits can move around. That's fair. And reconfigure right. themselves. Okay. The movie's good. The movie's good. If not... Uh, in, and insanely ambitious in terms of what it's trying to do. Yep. You you feel like it, it fires at 95% while doing so. I, I would agree with that. Uh, James Spader kicks ass as Ultron looks super cool. Yep. Um, all right. We are quickly approaching the one hour mark already. So <laughs> let's let's uh, let's start talking about the little things. Do you got any nitpicks with this movie? Oh, I, there are a million nitpicks with this movie. As I said I, I earlier, want... this movie is looser than than the Avengers is by a mile. Yeah, um, it's definitely not quite as tight. All right, give, hit me with a couple. Hit me with your big ones. Oh, nitpicks. Um, so nitpick number one, uh, them killing Quicksilver feels like a cop out. Um, like it somebody works. Somebody needs to die. It, it's it, it's Joss Whedon. He has to kill somebody. Well, yeah, but uh, but <laughs> it feels like a cop out. It feels like a real so, big cop out. Like so, who do you kill? Well, okay, so the movie was was clearly, like, one of the things that this movie is doing is setting up the expectation that Hawkeye is going to die and then subverting it. Um, yes. And, like, as I, I I think it works. Like, I think, I, I almost think Whedon painted himself into a corner on this one where it's like, well, the only person I can kill is Quicksilver. But having introduced Quicksilver in this movie just makes it feel cheap. Um, yep. But... Like, the way they do it is, you know, he's a villain-turned-hero that sacrifices himself to save the other hero. Um, and he has the nice little didn't-see-that-coming moment as he falls over. Um, and, you know, they set it up well with, like, Hawkeye. They didn't set it up... So, nitpick number two, they didn't set up Hawkeye's rivalry with Quicksilver as well as they should have. Um, they give him a few moments of, like, nah, I could shoot you right now and no one would know, but it feels like it's coming a little too late in the game. Um, they, like, they do the setup so that there is at least the, like, you know, you know by the time that that yeah, death happens the, that the rivalry exists, I guess, but it, it, I that guess whole thing feels accelerated. That, yeah, the problem with that rivalry, too, is that, um, you know, in that scene where he takes off and Hawkeye's standing there with his bow being like, eh, nobody would ever notice. It's... The way that that scene is written and acted, it just kind of feels like cheeky and yeah. not not rivalry. Like he he like he respects the kid. Like he's kind of a you know young douche, but that's fine. He's a young kid. Like whatever. Yeah. Well, um, I, I feel so like it didn't really didn't really pay off in the way that maybe they were trying to go for. Yeah. I like I don't think they needed to be rivals. I think the like grudging respect is fine. I just think they needed to build it up more and over a longer period of time. It needed to come into the film earlier than it did. Um but the problem is that Quicksilver doesn't join the team until essentially minutes before that fight. So it just feels like it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I I do feel like, I don't know, man. I, I, it really feels like, I mean, you talk about Joss Whedon sort of painting himself into a corner. I feel like Marvel has kind of painted themselves into a corner when it comes to legitimately killing one of these characters. Like, I just think they think that it will be so poorly received that 
I just kind of feel like they're going to be unwilling to ever actually do it. Mm. Like, they'll always leave this... Like, maybe they'll do it, right? Maybe in, you know, this upcoming... in, In Infinity War, they kill Captain America. Sure. But I honestly feel like if they do it, they will drop a little hint. They'll 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 work it into the you know post credit scene that maybe he's still alive because mm-hmm. man I we as a company who wants to make a buttload of money really don't want to piss off the millions of people who come and see these movies because at the end of the day it makes you feel happy and 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 excited and wanting to come back yeah and i think the minute they kill off especially one of these you know you kill off uh, especially captain america or uh, or tony yeah like i i just don't think they can do it i just don't think that honestly like it just comes down to i don't think the people who pay for these movies will be like yeah, no, we're no. You're not allowed to kill Iron Man. <laughs> Iron Man is why we are could billionaires right now. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't know. I mean, like I've said before, I don't think they have to kill characters in order for these movies to to resonate and have stakes and be no, meaningful not. and so on. Like the killing killing characters is a cheap way to achieve that. <laughs> yeah. It's like dying is easy, living is hard. Um, oh, and look so at look at what you, you I just know, right? Hamilton. I did. You. So, so, you know, killing characters is easy, but making them, you know, making these movies have import and stakes and, and emotional resonance without resorting to that is harder. And, uh, and I, th- I think that I'm fine with them not, not killing anybody. Um, I would be fine to see a few of them ride off into the sunset at some point and make way for well, I mean, new heroes. Like to. they're going to have yeah. to, right. People are going to get too old to carry on. Um, I, and I, you know, I would rather at least in the, so, I mean, there, there may just be a decision point that they have to come to that they have, that they're not ready to make yet. Um, which is deciding how long they can, or how long they want to continue making these movies without ever rebooting them. Right. Because yes. if, if the plan is to make these movies for another 10 or 20 years without ever rebooting them, then they can conceivably just pass the mantle to a new character. Um, you know, Bucky could become Captain America or Sam could become Captain America and, and Chris Evans can go on and do his own thing um, and they can pass the mantle to these heroes. You know, they could they could bring in a Riri Williams for uh, Tony Stark to pass the Ironheart mantle to Um they they could bring in a Kate Bishop for Hawkeye to pass the mantle to, right? Like, they can have those characters. Um, they can have characters that they haven't brought in from the comics yet also join the team and cycle in new, you know, new hero titles and powers. Um, and they can do that thing, that sort of thing for a while until they want to revisit the well of, like, Steve Rogers as... as Captain America because yeah, Captain America, yeah, the absolutely. moment they decide they want to do that again, they have to reboot. Yeah. Um, so their other option is to begin recasting people essentially one at a time. Um, so that the character that that character, like that person plays can be carried on forever. Um, but done in such a way that people still buy it and it doesn't negatively impact the bottom line. Because what happens when they recast Iron Man, but the rest of the Avengers are still the same? 
do people still turn out to that movie to the tune of a billion dollar bank? And I is no <laughs> is is the is the negative impact of that bigger or smaller than if they had Iron Man live, but now the person who is on the team is Iron Heart, right? Like, what's what's the bigger? What has the bigger downside for the bottom line? Um, and mm-hmm. it may just be that they're putting off making that decision as long as they possibly can. Yeah, um, that's fair. Because they they just don't want to make that decision, and so keeping the characters alive for the the foreseeable future gi- gives them the freedom to make that decision at the latest possible moment. Yep. All right. Um, hire us, Marvel. We're good at this. I guess is the uh, the shorthand on that. I one. I don't know that we're better at this than they are. It's probably <laughs> true that we're not, but I want to be very rich. You, and, you want and, to be in the room where it happens? Stop that. No. See, you pushed it. <laughs> you, you, you dropped in the first one so well. It just it was it was really good. I was impressed, and now you're just pushing your luck. Yeah, man. no, it wouldn't be. It, I wouldn't be me if I didn't drive a joke into the ground. Um, yeah, that's fair. It's it's kind of my brand. Um, All right. Okay. So goofs. Yeah, give me your goof. Okay. Look. So I I'm just get to get there this. There's so many the way, goofs. There's a lot of really good goofs in this movie. Um, the the best goof in this movie, and possibly the best goof in all of MCU. Um, and just one of the best scenes in all of MCU is the scene at the party after everybody's oh, yeah. basically after everybody's gone home and they're giving Thor a hard time because all it is, all he does when he lifts his hammer is just a magic trick. Anybody can lift it, it's just, you know, you're just it's a magic trick. And he's like, eh, go for it. And everybody tries in their own fun way, everybody has a good laugh. And then there's the the perfect moment where uh, Captain America tries to move it, and it just it just wiggles just just a little, <laughs> just like a millimeter, yep. just enough to catch the attention of Thor and just have this perfect look on his face of oh what yeah no 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 like that that scene lives or dies on Chris Hemsworth selling it, and yes. he does it flawlessly yeah, it's just it's like not... his face dropped like he's smiling and then he just notices it, and his face drops briefly and then they yep. like other people sort of notice that he's spacing out and he's like yeah, everything all right Thor? he's like yes everything's fine yeah, yeah. it's not <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fact that rogers can move the hammer because of course he can move the hammer a little bit uh he's you know the man with the heart of gold right like yeah. he's a really good dude so it makes sense that you know he can move it just a little bit, but no, it's it's Thor's face is just it's perfect, beautiful. Yeah, it's perfect. It's, it's perfect. It's one of the best scenes in MCU. Yeah, hands down. Yep. Um. So all right, give me. I, give I'm me gonna just goof. run down a bunch. Um. At the party, Rhodey and his story. It's like so. Then I flew his up and dropped, good, dropped yeah. the tank on his doorstep and was like, boom, looking for this. Yeah. And Thor like, and, Iron Man, that, that, and Tony are just like, no. Yeah, I don't even know why I hang out with you guys. With everybody else, that story kills. It's like, oh, was was that the whole story? Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Yes. <laughs> Very amusing. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, uh Stan Lee's cameo. Uh. Yeah. Stan Lee's cameo is very good. <laughs> Excelsior. <in this> one. <laughs> um. And uh, man, there's one other uh in the in the party that I was thinking of, but 
it, it's gone now. It doesn't matter. Um, one of my other favorites is, uh, please be a secret door. Please be a secret door. Please be a secret door. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that one's really good. Um, I, I, you know, I think my favorite is also probably the hammer, but, uh, I, I love the, um, the like constantly ribbing cap for saying language at the beginning of the film. Oh, and it like happens. Really it goes through yeah. the whole film. They keep bringing it back. Um, yeah. like that, that one's great. Um, Oh man, that like this is a very quippy movie. Oh, the please go to sleep, please go to sleep, please go to sleep, please go to sleep. <laughs> and then then the Hulk spits out his tooth and it's like sorry. Um that like everything in that scene is great as we have discussed at length already. Um I I it's not as much a goof, but I do like the the conversation between um Vision and Ultron where Ultron is just like they're doomed and uh and vision is like yes but <laughs> um like that that response is sort of unexpected but also great um <sighs> it oh, is a hel- very quippy movie hello dear when yes, he walks into the great. into the the barn sees the john yep. deere tractor yeah that one's good uh, too. that one's good too but there's lots. There's lots. Oh, of... um, you'll have to be faster than that, Cap, before he gets shielded into a wall. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that one's pretty good. It's a, yeah, like it, I feel like similar to the Avengers, like it's Joss Whedon uh, and just his writing style uh, has always been like this, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's a, it, he is just a very quippy writer. Like uh, so, me- so much of his humor uh, is, just is just dialogue based Mm -hmm. um you know he's not as big as he's not as big into the visual humor as he is into the into the just the usage of the language and he does it arguably better than most um Mm -hmm. when it comes to to stuff like this so uh it it makes me sad uh that uh this movie more or less uh you know killed his uh, future in, in in the MCU because um, I would have loved to have seen uh, a standalone movie from Joss Whedon. Mm. I, I I think he did a phenomenal job with the Avengers, uh, better than I think anybody ever expected. Oh yeah, um, I, he, and then what, what like blockbuster movie experience did he have before this? It was like Serenity. Yeah, like it, he shouldn't have been able like writing it. Sure, right, mm-hmm. like. Joss Whedon is the guy who you get to write your comic book movie because, of course, he is. He he wrote Avengers. Yeah. He wrote Avengers too. He wrote Justice League. Yeah, ask Go. DC. Whoops. Mm, whoops. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I I think I would have loved to have seen him. I'm to be honest, like an Iron Man movie. Oh, like, I was thinking Thor. I was thinking I, he would have been amazing for Thor three. Um, yeah, Thor. Uh, yeah, Thor three would have been really good. I think him in the in Iron Man three would have been really fun. Um, I, I think him on a Guardians movie would be ludicrous. Yeah. Um, it just it's yeah. I I think uh, <laughs> Joss Whedon Guardians but, would be the Avengers again, probably. Um, probably, but yeah. yeah. All right, we need to rank this movie. Uh huh. Um, and when we started, I said I had well when before we even hit record, I said I have no idea where I'm putting this movie. Have you come around? Um, I I have I know where I'm going to put it, but okay. I'm going to ask you first. Um, so currently, 
your list. You don't uh, even I'm need just to rattle get... it off for me. You can rattle I'm it off gonna... for the listeners, but I, I well, know I'm where just this gonna is going. give. I'm just gonna give the listeners the top five right now. Okay. Um, your top five is Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yep. Avengers, yep. the first one. Iron Man, the first one. Yep. Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor. Yep. Where do you place Avengers: Age of Ultron? Where do you think I place Avengers: Age of Ultron? I think you place it at number three. I think it becomes your new number three. I think you put it after the original Avengers, but ahead of the original Iron Man. I think that's where you put it. Mm. So I think if you put it any higher, you're mad. Uh, but I could also maybe see see it going one or two lower. Yeah. And so, by mad, I mean just surprised. I would actually be surprised if it yeah. was higher. Than so, this. I mean, you're right. I'm not going to put it at one or two. Uh, uh-huh. my, my windmill slam was number four uh, behind Iron Man. But now that I was like, oh, I'm so sure of where it's going. And then you, oh, you don't need to read my top five to me. And then you did. And now I'm like, maybe, maybe I do like this better than the first Iron Man. I hadn't considered that. I was like, oh, this is going in ahead of Guardians of the Galaxy for sure. It's, it's like one above Guardians of the Galaxy, but. Interesting. Yeah. Now I, I don't know. (laughs) Now you're unsure. Yeah. I like Iron Man is such a good contained fun entertaining movie um whereas this is like big bombastic huge uh ambitious quippy mess right and it's like what do i like more and that's the thing to remember folks uh as always this list, this MCU ranking, is literally just which ones we like the best. Um, I think that uh, I think near the end, I think near the end, uh, Matt and I could probably come to a pretty solid agreement of what we believe to be the best films, like objectively the best, objectively the best movies. Yeah, I think we probably of, could hash that out. Of of the eighteen and soon to be nineteen movies, and I think that would be fun to do, uh, and maybe that's something that we'll look at doing uh, as sort of like a. I feel like maybe around episode like yeah eighteen or uh, seventeen or eighteen, like last two episodes. Yeah, I don't want to jam that into the um, Infinity War one. No, um, but certainly secret uh, episode twenty. Let let us know in the comments if that's something you would like like us to do i feel like we we have more than enough material we could do a bonus 20th episode about all the one shots we could do we could talk about objectively which movies we think are one through 19 yeah i mean we just Um, need to come up with enough bonus episodes to get us to ant-man and the wasp and then we have a legitimate reason to continue um yes it's very true (laughs) I, i didn't plan for this to be a weekly podcast and that's not going to happen do not listen to the man behind the curtains. All right, where are you going to put it? Uh, I think I'm going to put it at... I think I'm I'm going to go with my long-term gut rather than uh-huh. my short-term gut, and I'm going to put it ahead uh-huh. of Iron Man, um, which I believe to be... I believe I'm going to get angry letters about that, but... So um, you're putting this at number three. I'm putting this at number three. All right. I'm putting this at number four. Oh, um, yeah. You're putting it behind is, Iron Man. Yes. Yeah. This, is, this is better than Captain America... Uh, it's better than Guardians. It's not as good as Iron Man. It's probably fairly close. Um, 
the more I've been staring at this list for the last five minutes, the more I realize that I was probably wrong to put Guardians behind Captain America. Uh, but I, I can't change it yet. We we get to change it later. Yep. I think we said at the end of the the second, right? At the end of phase two? At the two? end of phase two? Is that what we said? So we get to, okay. so I think we get to change it next episode? Yeah. I'm, Spoiler I alert, know. I'm probably going to switch Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain America, which would once again put our list more in line with each other, which is kind of scary. Yeah. I think there's one change I'm likely to make at the end of phase two, and that was the, the what, the, like, Iron Man 3 and Thor 2 or whatever, the two that were beside each other, where I was like, maybe those ought to switch further yeah. down the list but uh yeah the i i feel like my top five is pretty safe at the moment um although like it i'm basically in a dead heat with this and iron man right now i love them both a lot for different reasons for like polar different reasons so they are diametrically opposed to one another but both very good all right fair enough well um we just managed to keep pushing past the even remotely close to the like originally when i conceived this podcast i was like nah 20 to 30 minutes and i knew that was a lie i knew it was going to be closer to 40 and then it was like mm, 45 50 okay now we're pushing an hour last week's episode was one hour 12 minutes and 22 seconds mm. As I talk about this i realize that not only am i padding the time and making it worse yep. but we're at one hour and 18 minutes. Yep. Now, I will put most of the blame on you. Oh, yeah. Um, because you spent, I think, like almost 20 as long minutes. As the actual <laughs> I spent the entire minute explaining, movie display, explaining what the movie. What the hell yeah. happened in this movie? But that's fine. I appreciate it. And yeah. It's fun to listen to, to the recaps. But it is time to say goodbye and good night. Um, you know, if we had really been committed to staying in universe with this podcast this this episode would have been one minute shorter than the first avengers podcast oh damn yeah. well we did not do that that was that was one of the things that almost broke uh joss whedon on this film is he set himself a goal and i think this was a mistake let's be very clear about that he set himself a goal of making sure that the runtime of this film was shorter than the runtime of the first avengers that was part of his like i want to make it smaller um mm -hmm. this movie probably should have had 10 minutes more probably um yeah like given how much it's doing it like he should have just left in thor's full vision quest plot line <laughs> um yep. and and like because that's one of the things a lot of people complain about it's like oh that plot line doesn't make sense really the only thing that matters in that plot plot line is he learns about the infinity stones and he sees a glimpse of the vision in that vision which is what yep. causes him to go back to Avengers Tower and give life to Vision. Um, yep. But, like, the movie could have used a little more breathing room. That plot line could have used a little more fleshing out. Um, nobody would have begrudged another five minutes of screen time of shirtless I don't know Thor what, I, to, to I'm let terrified. that happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrified to see what they do in Infinity War. Um, I just added it up. Um, the Wikipedia page has like the starring in the sidebar. Mm -hmm. Um, for the Avengers Age of Ultron, there are fourteen names in that sidebar. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of names. And to be fair, um, a few of them, I'm not gonna say don't count, but uh, only have like a scene in the film. Well, like Idris Haley, Elba, Haley, 
Idris Elba, Haley Atwell. Um, and um, Anthony Mackie does not participate as a member of the Avengers during this film. He's only ever present as a civilian and like Cap's sidekick at the party and then shows yeah, up, up in costume that? at the end. Um, yeah, that's dumb. Because Where was he? he was not. He says he has a line about it. In fact, he's like, avenging <laughs> is your business. Just, I'm happy yeah. to chase cold leads on our missing persons yeah. case. Yeah. No, I world. Um, so and then I just went over to Infinity War and counted it up. Uh, there's 33 names here. Mm-hmm. 33 names. Mm-hmm. That's obscene. I'm terrified. This movie's going to be four hours long and I'm going to love it. Uh, there All should right. be a runtime or an approximate runtime in the column. No, as well. they haven't. They haven't. They have not given any sort of indication of oh, how long it's going to be. I see. I mean, they've they've hinted at it um, in the sense that they've like it's it's going to be pushing two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, and to which I say, how is it not just three? Yeah. <laughs> like, give me a three-hour Avengers movie, guys. Yeah. But I guess it is part one, so sure. All right. Officially part one. We need to say goodnight. Okay. Uh, it's late. Like, actually late I while know. we record this. I, I have to get up at 5.30. <laughs> it's, far, it's far past your bedtime. It is way All past right. my bedtime. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast or any of the other stuff that we do without your support over at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Loading Ready Run if you want to check it out. Uh, maybe chip in. We would really appreciate it. Um, and if you already are, thank you. You are awesome. Um, you can follow myself and Matt over on Twitter. Uh, I'm James underscore LRR. He is Matt underscore LRR. Um, you can see all the stuff that we stream over at uh, twitch.tv slash Loading Ready Run. Matt it sounds like it looked he he streamed on sunday yeah i did stream on sunday as promised yeah twitch.tv slash matt underscore lrr uh and you can find a link to his well let's be honest you might have streamed but you still haven't posted any videos to your youtube channel. no i know um but but i have downloaded the vods of my final fantasy streams i just have to get some time together to edit them which i am planning to do on saturday this week so hopefully i can get final fantasy up to date um and then knock out a lightning round of my video like my vlog my movie vlog um Mm -hmm. because i'm like six episodes behind so it's gonna have to be a lightning round there's no way i'm doing full episodes for all six of them but i would like to get at least a few sentences out uh on each of those films before we settle back into a regular update schedule um so i'm gonna try and knock all that out this weekend all right we'll see how it goes you can look forward to that And with that, we will be back next week with episode 12, and we will be talking about Ant-Man. Ant-Man. I'm excited. It's going to be a good show. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Guess what I didn't do last week? You didn't put the credit music in. No. I thought about it. I even tried for like half a second, and I was like, this doesn't work. This is like far too the, much effort. Putting, put, putting, well, putting the credit music of the podcast in at that moment um, just doesn't it doesn't work. It just doesn't make any sense. And then I was like, well, maybe I could get other music. And then I started to realize, right, this is why I didn't do it in the first place uh, because I want to make this as easy to edit as possible mm-hmm. because I'm lazy mm-hmm. and because it's fun to just have a quiet, just a quiet moment. Everybody can just reflect on the episode for those, like, four to six seconds. And we can move on. And we talk about a mid credit scene. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to get Marvel on the phone and just have them 
consistently do either a mid or a post or both. They do consistently do a mid or a post or both. No, I. What I'm saying is, do pick one, pick a lane. <laughs> always do the mid credit and be done with it. Actually, what I would like to see is always do uh, a fun mid credit scene and always do a world building post credit scene. Mm. In oh. my in in my ideal universe, that's what I want. All I want is the best of both worlds. I understand why that's probably unrealistic. Yeah. Anyways, uh, in this mid credit scene and the only. Uh, during credit scene, uh, Thanos, dissatisfied by the failures of his pawns, dons a gun- gauntlet, 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 <laughs> and vows to retrieve the Infinity Stones himself. I read this directly from the Wikipedia yes. page. All right, he literally I'll says do it myself. He, yeah, um, and you might ask yourself, well, hold on a second, uh. I thought the Infinity Gauntlet was in Odin's vault. You would be mistaken. Uh, well, not mistaken. Deceived. Deceived. Um, because um, as we do find out, I mean, this is a spoiler. So if you haven't watched Thor yet, you should probably, Thor Ragnarok, you should A, go watch it. Um, and then rewatch it when we rewatch it. Um, but you you find out in Thor Ragnarok that the gauntlet there is fake yeah i mean they they really just canonize it because it was it was essentially announced when this credit scene happened that that was the case yeah but uh yeah no i mean it's a it's a simple little uh credit scene that is basically just like all right i'm a coming for you um and i mean that's really all there is to it yeah i'm excited both avengers movies now have had uh thanos and credit scenes yeah, exactly. And does Thanos show? Do we see Thanos again? Um, in any of the other, what other movies do we see Thanos in? Well, I don't think he's in Guardians Two, is he? Uh, he wasn't. No, not really. So then, no, we don't see him again until Infinity War. Huh. Interesting. I mean, unless right. you count his ship in the like end credit scene of Thor Ragnarok. Nah, but no, that doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, so I'm no, I don't think we see sure. him again. I'm I'm just making sure that uh we haven't actually seen him. Uh yeah. Yeah. No, it looks like that is when he So credit he's in the first Avengers movie and then uncredited uh in Guardians and then reprises his Brolin reprises the role uncredited in Age of Ultron and then Brolin will reply, reprise his role in the upcoming Avengers Infinity War. And it's untitled sequel. So, spoilers, Thanos survives to the sequel? I guess. Well, why am I, I even mean, going to see Infinity War then? I figure we just wait until whatever next year's movies comes out yeah. and we just see them back to back. Just just watch all of the Marvel movies again back to back in one days long marathon. No, I, I was just saying we end this podcast after talking about Black Panther, and then in a year we do the final episode where we are able to properly talk about both or these two Avengers movies that are supposed to be one whole Avenger movie. Ah, yes. Well, that certainly would give us more time for the the newly advanced schedule of Infinity War, wouldn't it? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is really just Marvel's fault. You should contact them 
and let them know that we would like to see this movie maybe a little bit sooner. Yes, we would. We would also like, like we would like to see the movie that they are currently filming uh, concurrent no, with saying, Infinity look, War. Look, I'm not. I'm not trying to be greedy, Matt. I just want to go to the premiere. Oh well, that's the least they could do. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, we're giving them free advertising with this podcast. Who else is that? Who else out there right now is doing that? Like nobody. Nobody out in the YouTube land or the podcast land is talking about Marvel movies the same way we're talking about Marvel movies. It's right? true. They are not using the exact words in the same order that we are to talk about Marvel movies. Exactly. So I'm just saying, email me. It's a convincing argument. Kevin, buddy, pal, give me an email. I'm sure that'll work. I'm sure it'll work too. All right. All right. I'm going to go now. Yeah. I'm going to bed. Yeah. All right. Okay. Good night, Matt. Good night, James. Good night, listeners. Bye, everybody. Good night, listeners. Good night, Moon.